Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Hope you're all well on this Sunday evening. Rory here with you until 7. We have a packed show. We have a lot to talk about over the next hour, guys. We're going to be going live to Parky Quay very, very shortly, where Sarsfields have been crowned the Cork County Premier Senior Hurling Champions. An emotional year for Sarsfields, an emotional day for Sarsfields. We'll talk to our man John O'Shea, who's on the ground for us in Parky Quay in a little bit. We're also here from Castle Lions after they were crowned the Premier Intermediate Hurling Champions. I'm not sure anyone is over what happened last night. Ireland lo- uh, losing just to the All Blacks in just absolutely heartbreaking fashion. Our pal Moss Finn will join us on the line a little bit later on to try and make some sort of sense of it. And we'll talk fighting as well. We're going to talk to John Mitchell and Danny Keating before. 7 o'clock. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Delighted you could join us on The Big Red Bench this evening. We're here with you until 7pm and uh, we certainly have a lot to get through over the next 60 minutes and no better place to start than Sarsfield's win today. And joining us on the line is John O'Shea, uh, live and direct from Porky Cueve. And John, as I said in my intro there, it's been a very, very emotional year. It's been a tough year for Sarsfield's, the passing of Teddy McCarthy. I can only imagine the emotion that was on display after the full-time whistle went today. Yeah, it, it was it was obvious, you know. Like, I think in the build up to unfair, like they they won't kind of make a big deal about it in the build up throughout the last couple of months. But you, you could see it, you could see it the full time whistle, the steel pouring, and do so I say wherever like I say Teddy Mac was definitely smiling down today, um, and you know, it, so it was a it, 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 it made probably a sweet day for for Sarah's death more sweeter, and I think like as as you heard like, from like from the post match reaction, this I caught with um. Sarah's manager, like Johnny Crowley, and so he, you would see, like he was, he was emotional, and like he was referencing how how special it was, well, to see him because of the the people that they've, they've and none more so than Teddy Mack this year as well, and and, and that's in, it, it. Probably felt like it, it was written in the stars in one sense yeah. that Sarah's were going to win the win the county, like given given the year that that was, and given like Teddy Mack's passing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just a very, very sad year for Sarsfields and uh, to, to be crowned the champions now at the end of it, as you say, John, probably written in the stars for Sarsfields to be crowned champions. Uh, our pal Dennis Hurley tweeted to say that, like, Sarsfields, to win the title, they had to beat the previous four champions, the Bars, Black Rock, Immokilly and Middleton. So, like, they've done it the hard way and they, they're certainly worthy champions. Absolutely. And... and and I think even going back to last year, I think if I recall, I don't, I don't think they got beyond the group stage. And it shows as well how, like this with this with, with this championship structure, how cutthroat it can mm. be. And like you say, they really did have to earn it. Like going back to from back to the first game in the group, they played the Bears, like and a, a, a baptism of fire there straight away. And then like right up to even last weekend, the Dima Kitty game, and like on the brink of you possibly like to getting knocked out and then they show that resolve to get over the line and it was like the same today you know like the first half it, it looked like, like you know like Aaron Myers who, who was superb but it, it, his freeze it, it kind of had a feeling like if it wasn't for his free taking in the first yeah. half that it, it could have been quite a hefty like an Everest proportion mountain to climb in the second half like I think the Middleton were up by four points at half time but like whatever was said and Whatever, like the, the, the players themselves or the management, and whatever they got together, and the performance in the second half really, you would see that desire and hunger and how, how much they, they wanted it really. And 
that it, it really it, it typified it. Uh, like even even Colin McCarthy, who uh, who was definitely one of probably would have been my man at the match, getting some some sensational long range scores and it. They really kind of helped to, to grow the momentum for Sarah's as they as they went along. But like, I, I think the game, like the second half especially, was a, a microcosm of or a summary of the year that Sarah's had overall. You know that desire, and they, they haven't they haven't by no means have done it the easy way, but uh, beating all the, the, the previous like previous county champions over the last couple mm. of years. So like they, they certainly they certainly have earned it, and they, they they certainly are deserving champions ultimately. Yeah, fantastic stuff uh, from Sarsfield. What kind of game was it, John? It looked fairly at tit for tat, both sides. Uh, I suppose just uh, going score for score for a lot of the game. Yeah, it, it was it was that kind of a that, that kind of a contest, you know. And like so, Milton like to the credit as well. They, they had a good good spread of scores, and like Joe Connery had uh, Ross O'Regan got a few good scores in the opening half as well. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan got a good point from the full back line as well. So it was just. Yeah, it was it was a tit for task but like, yeah, and it, it, but it, it probably said the one stage of like where Sarah's like they, they, you know, they, you said like they, there was a bit of a kick in them, like the the, the first half it was, you know, they, they, there was a good kind of the sides were exchanging scores, but it felt like the the tide was kind of going Middleton's way, so like they they did need to kind of rally rally themselves and like they they did come up trumps in the second half like like Aaron Myers was superb throughout the whole game. And like, did, did you could see that momentum, and I think it was, it was evident in their play as well that they, they they have been together a lot of them since the, the early months of the year. So I think they, I think they actually won the, the Red FM hurling. Yeah, if I'm correct as well. So like that, you know, had that kind of real, and you know, even the, the the experience, the campaign, like the likes of Daniel Carney as well. But like, the yeah, they, you know, they they were might, they were having having a free taker. It, it is like Aaron Moyers in your in your ranks. Like after you see what they in the last couple of years with the likes of the with the Glenn with Patrick Horgan, likewise it's a, it's a big weapon to have in your armory, and like he really he really came up trumps um, when it mattered most today. Yeah, congratulations indeed uh, to Sarsfield's worthy county champions. The opening game, John Castellines crowned uh, champions. Another like tit for tat battle uh, after their victory today over Kilworth. It was uh, another very very close game there. Yeah, yes, yes, indeed, and for ultimately for for Castellines, it's. After a number of years knocking on the door and like suffering heartbreaks in in, in county finals, that they finally getting over the line. There was there were similar kind of scenes of you know, yeah. the the outpouring of joy and you could see how much it meant as well at the at the end of the first game to Castle Lions and the people of of Castle Lions as well in the area. Like they, they, to to get to suffer that heartbreak in county finals, so it takes a lot to come back. But to like to, for it to happen twice as well, do I think do have to, if they lost the third time, it would have, like it could have been re, re, potentially soul destroying. You could say really, but like, do, again, they, they showed that they never gave up. Like for 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 large portions of the game, like I'd say for about fifty fifty five minutes, it kind of felt like it was going Kilowatt's way. So they 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 really were Kilowatt like, to the credit. They they, they they really worked their socks off. Like in their 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 play off the ball was was incredible. Really, they were closing down and not giving cash lines any bit of space. But like the to the credit though, castle castle lines they 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 stuck on in there and then when it mattered most as well like they they produced the goods and like Anthony Spillane kept his composure and ultimately got got held to get them over the line and it, 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 it seen the celebration down in castle lines tonight and then they can now of course they can look forward to of the provincial the Munster championship shortly and then senior A Cork hurling next year as well. Yeah, absolutely fantastic stuff. Congratulations to Castle Lions and to Sarsfield. There's going to get reaction from them uh, very, very shortly indeed. Uh, John, thanks very much uh, for everything today and thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench. 
Super. Thank you, Roy. Always a pleasure having the great John O'Shea on the show with us uh, and great work uh, done by John covering the games for Corks Red FM. Let's get some reaction uh, from those games. Now let's... Uh, We'll start with Sarsfields. We have to start with Sarsfields and just look at the emotion of the day um, that was in it, um, winning the county title um, in the year that the late, great Teddy McCarthy uh, passed away. Um, let's hear from the Sarsfields manager, Jack, uh, John Crowley. Hi, right, so Sarsfields, uh, John Crowley, uh, Sarsfields um, county champions. Uh, how does that feel? Uh, absolutely fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Um, Oh, it's, it's, it's probably a bit speechless out at the moment, but look, we're just absolutely obviously on air. Um, it's, 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 it's what we, we dreamed of. Um, it's what we what we wanted to do. It's what we've done. And we're just so proud of every one of them out there, you know? Yeah. Like, and it, it, you just see the outpouring of emotion, even to, like, in the scenes on the pitch now, the fans and players on the pitch, you, you get to see how much it means to the club. Absolutely. Yeah, look, it means everything. I suppose, look... You know, we 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 did we did a tough year with with, um, with with people passing away and you know yeah. Paddy and, and and of course the great Teddy, you know, and you know I, I don't really think about it the weekend matches and stuff like that, but I, I certainly reflect on after and, and look, yeah, it's it's just very very special. It really is. It's very special. It's, it's so yeah. special. Yeah, and even just mentioned there like the the Teddy the Teddy Mac factor. If I make it even an even an, an even special kind of. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It's um, the year that's in it, I guess. You know, um, yeah. to be sitting on top of of, of, of the of car curling with uh, with the Sean Og Murphy Corporate, the little Ireland as they call him. Yeah. Um, like what these lads have gone through, what they've what they've done. Yeah. It's just incredible. I'm so close. So close. And um, just and in terms of the, the, the game itself, kind of the performance, how, how you would you know, assess look, it? Yeah, I suppose the first half, to be fair, you know, I suppose Middleton got, got, a, got on top of it. You know, we didn't we didn't change. We didn't... We have principles, our core principles are, are hurling. And, and to be fair, you know, we, we kept we kept the plan. We kept uh, what we wanted to do. We, we'd done what we wanted. We kept going at the end. And I thought we were we were stronger team finishing again, you know? Yeah. And the... the the half like going to the second half you could just you could see the momentum and uh, absolutely, absolutely. look it's all about it's all about momentum and look I suppose we got to run them and to be fair our backs were, were absolutely outstanding and you know when we got a chance to run at them we, we, we ran we had the legs we had the pace and you know look you can't beat pace you can't beat hurling and that's what we try to instill with these fellas all year long you know you are hurling you have pace just go out and believe in yourselves you know you're going to make mistakes so what so don't worry about it just go again and I'm so happy they've done that today, you know. Yeah, and from yourself, like as a manager, and obviously with the management team, like when you kind of met up at the start of the year, like had you kind of said that there was a county in, in the spot? Like, yeah, look, sure. we never looked for a county to be honest with you. You know, our, our first task was to get out of the group, which we did, and yeah. and we staged it after that. And look, you know, we were here, and once we were here, we wanted to win it, and look, thankfully we did. You know, so we're just we're over the moon, absolutely over the moon. You know? Yeah, and I'd say even tonight and the next, it'll be a, it'll be a special party. <laughs> Go hand in him. Yeah, no, a special couple of days up in. Look, I, I, yeah. I really don't know. I, I, yeah. I haven't. Look, my, my job is to prepare them and get them ready for today, and, and that's that's what we're doing. Um, we look, we'll take whatever happens over the next few days. I, I really don't know. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. But like, I saw this to sum up. I saw this in terms of wrapping up. Like, uh, 
especially the for, for Sarah's. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Look, we'll, we'll enjoy tonight. We'll enjoy the next few days. Um, you know, look, they've worked so hard. They, they deserve to let the hair down now and, and, and um, enjoy whatever comes their way. Any accolades, any anything they, they, they get, anything they... They get it. They truly deserve, and I, I hope they really, really enjoy the next few days. Yeah, that's John Crowley there, the Sarsfields manager. I'm sure everyone involved in Sarsfields is going to enjoy the next few days. Congratulations indeed to them, crowned the county champions after their superb win today. Uh, let's hear from one of the players. Let's hear from Jack O'Connor. Well, Jack O'Connor, congratulations, um, Sarsfields and um, county champions. I said I must have a nice yeah. Sorry, uh, Sarah's county champions. That's a good ring to it. Yeah, yeah, it's great feeling. Right? It's been, we, we took it the long way around, but yeah, it's great feeling to be here now eventually. Yeah, yeah. and let's say uh, the game, the, what was your thoughts on all your, your performance? You never gave up. You, you yeah, look, yeah, like Wales and I are a great team to be fair. We were, I think we were four or five down there at half time, and look, we just we said at half time, we've got to panic. We were playing well enough, we just had a few bad ways, and look, if we just kept at it, we'll get there, and eventually we did, thank God. Yeah, and I'd say these scenes down, I'd say the fact it must be a special kind of couple of minutes even since the full time misses, you know. Yeah, Jesus, it's kind of pinched myself still as a real enough, but it's amazing. Prefer that. It's unreal. I'd say we'll have, a, we'll have a good night tonight, at least, anyway. Yeah, and how, how much does this mean to, to the club? It, it means a lot to the team. Yeah, it's very yeah. special, you know, especially with passing Teddy this year as well and a few others. So, look, it's great for him and for everyone. So, we'll have a good celebration tonight, anyway. Yeah, and even obviously, just mentioned like, the Teddy Mac factor as well. That makes it by even that it's kind of special. Yeah, yeah, look, he's absolutely legend in the game, you know. He, he loves stars, he loves hurling, he loves everything about it, so it's great to do it for him as well. Today. Yeah, I thought like, you, you enjoy you know, the celebrations like, tonight and the next couple of days. Yeah, hopefully it's been a long time now since you and the story. Enjoy tonight and for the weekend when they go. Yeah, it's Jack O'Connor there of Sarsfields uh, speaking to John after uh, their win today. Uh, and as we mentioned, Castle Lions were the uh, Premier Intermediate Hurling Champions after their win over Kilworth today. Let's hear from uh, Castle Lions selector Brendan Hoare speaking to John. Brendan, so congratulations first of all. Uh, how will it feel to secure the, the county title? Oh, so some belief for us out of there was kind of talking to <coughs> Rebels on night home to the pitch and the emotions were still all over the place was starting to sink in some small but no um, I look it's just it's relief it's elation it's, it's just very emotional this group I suppose have been on a on a tough journey and lost lost a few uh, county finals on the way so uh, it just makes it unbelievably sweet um, tough game out there looked like it was getting away from us at times we were just dug in there and stuck in and just getting over the line it's just an unbelievable feeling to, to finally do it yeah and do you think it kind of shows about the result of the, of the of the players as well like, to, to keep going to the end even like, for large spells even they were trailing you know they, they never gave in exactly and in this grade look you're, you're going to need you're going to need resolve um, there's a lot thrown at us and even the, the coming back from the final defeats and stuff um, but yeah we we spoke about a lot I suppose and it was something we acknowledged and worked on it's just dealing with that adversity and just sticking in there and sticking to what we're trying to do and look we make tweaks if we need to make tweaks we need to still keep doing the right things um, and yeah we just I suppose they never really got away with us it's two points down at half time and I suppose we probably thought it could have been maybe more um, so we thought look second half we need to go out and go out and show who we really are um, and yeah times it was it was hard to peg them back but I think once we got there then there was huge belief and I think the tide had turned and um, yeah we finished very strong in fairness yeah absolutely and so you can even see the, the scenes at the full time missile as well and you alluded to it 
going close like a Castellines have over the last couple of years it must it means it must mean an awful lot to the, to the club and, and to the area as well to, to finally kind of get over the line and the Premier Intermediate Exactly that's it and just, that's why I'm just delighted for that that group of players in particular especially some of the older lads who would have been there in 2013 and then obviously 2020 and 21 we lost two as well so yeah you don't want to lose those ones but it, it makes it all the more sweeter for sure when you when you do get over the line finally um, so yeah absolutely thrilled Yeah and it's probably there was that like going back to me when you kind of met up at the start of the year as well with the ambition like to, I, I would like to it, was it kind of there from the early had you kind of feeling me from the early months of the year that, that there was like a, a county in them this year yeah I suppose look that we know the we know the talent available in the in the dressing room um, it's huge belief huge belief in this group um, and yeah so every year the last few years every year we're going at it the ambition is to is to win a county but look you can't be talking about finals and nothing is OT. You need to go out and do the hard work and there's plenty of barriers on the way. So, um, yeah, look, we lost, we lost the third group game against Ben Colleague. We overcame that. And then um, Ballymart to Castamartyr today, three big battles. Um, so, yeah, we're just we're just absolutely thrilled to finally, to finally get there. Yeah, and I'd say, I'd imagine, like, the... Even after the even the decks up lazily, plenty of celebrations. But it's very good. Good bonus to have the a monster. Maybe they look forward to know the championship in the couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. Jesus, we haven't even we haven't even uh, that hasn't even entered, oh, yeah, yeah. entered our uh, our heads. Um, yeah, but we'll regroup. I don't even know when it is. So we'll we'll enjoy this. We'll enjoy the celebrations, and then we'll regroup in a few weeks' time for yeah for monsters on the line and stuff. But yeah, it wasn't mentioned before today, so yeah. we'll enjoy this one. Yeah, I'd say so. Just to sum up to your overall kind of feelings in the day, like it, it'll be an enjoyable couple of days, and it, it's a special day for for, for special things. Oh, it's a special time. Look, we see what it means to people around the place. All the all the, the banners and the excitement. Uh, trying to shield the lads a bit from it. Uh, to focus on the game and stuff. Oh, there's huge, there's a great community down there. There's huge work with them with the club. Yeah, congratulations indeed uh, to everyone involved with Cast Lions on that uh, victory today and indeed to everyone at Sarsfield enjoy the celebrations uh, both uh, teams uh, I'm sure there'll be some uh, great nights had in uh, the coming days alright we are going to look back at last night's um, defeat for Ireland against New Zealand it was just absolutely heartbreaking stuff I mean like I can't remember the, the last time I was that emotionally invested in a game um, it was just yeah, I'm still not over to be honest but look Ireland are out another quarter final exit tough to take tough to take but uh, we're going to hear from uh, Moss Finn shortly first though let's hear from uh, Andy Farrell and from uh, Johnny Sexton uh, of course Sexton uh, that was his last game last night played the full 80 minutes good 80 minutes as well but uh, it wasn't to be it wasn't to be for Ireland and uh, the dreams of uh, winning the World Cup gone Let's hear from Farland Sexton. Fine margins and all that, you know, getting held up over over the line from a mall, uh, very close to, to to the end, which could have sealed the game. You know, those those little bits are, are all over the game, aren't they? And you know, if buts and maybes and all that, and at the end of the day, um, uh, two good teams out there uh, playing some outstanding rugby. And unfortunately for us, we came out on the wrong side of the score. Uh, sport can be cruel sometimes, I suppose. That's why we uh, love it so much. But um, you know what, Rory? Uh, um, I suppose I've reflected it more um, over, over the coming days. But my initial feeling is that I'm unbelievably proud of the group of how they've handled themselves, not just today, 
all through the tournament, but um, how they've handled themselves as, as, as people over the last couple of years. So that would be my overriding feeling. Yeah, just one for, for Johnny. Hard luck out there. Bitterly disappointing. Um, it's been incredible to watch this team in this World Cup. So just to thank you for, for the journey for yourself, Johnny. How would you sum it up and your time in this green jersey, how proud you are of all the lads and everything you've achieved? It's a long question. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Um, we appreciate it, though. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, yeah, like it's it's good, isn't it? Um, like you said, the last uh, whatever six weeks has been um, it's been incredible. Uh, the support, the the way we've played, the the, the combination of both. You know, it's it's been a well, dream come true, really, for for all of us. Um, and I include today as well. Um, we, I just felt they didn't have to work as hard for their tries. You know, we, we gave it almost a good sucker punch a couple of times. I'm not taking anything away from them. They're a quality team. and But the way we had to work for our scores and to sort of have, I suppose, the upper hand in, in a lot of parts of the game and then to concede, you know, the try that we did at the second half, but then to fight back again was... Just shows the character of the of the team. They're they're an incredible bunch, really. Um, so yeah, very very proud to, to be part of it. Johnny, you probably don't want to hear this at the moment, but thank you for everything you've done for for Irish rugby over the years. I mean, taking this team to and Andy too, of course. Sorry, but taking this team to levels we we've never seen. Um, again, tough to answer at the moment, but with this young nucleus, how confident are you that in four years' time they can come back and, and they can really push on? Is that to me? Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, thanks very much. Um, I think uh, um, a lot of our group are, are, are still learning, um, and I've just said to the group um, in, in in the changing room, um, the reason that I know that they're going to keep on learning is because of this this guy sat at the side of me here. The the impact. That he's had on the on the rest of the team over the last four years has been amazing, and um, the way that he's conducted himself as a as a leader, um, as a as a rugby player, and the way that he's shown the love for playing for Ireland will be be remembered and and connected to this group for for many years to come. So, through his example. Uh, the younger guys will keep on getting better and, and striving to, to be better. There's no doubt about that. Andy, just a, a match, a match specific. Um, Andrew Porter was the most penalised uh, person at scrum time during the Heineken Cup. Is there a feeling that um, this player who isn't penalised at URC level uh, half as much that Ireland were unlucky in that we got a Heineken Cup referee who maybe had a fixed view? The penalties, are, are, what was your view of the scrum? Um, we've we've a different view, Derek, to 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 what was going on um, out there. But you know, we we don't want to sit here and have sour grapes, uh, etc. Um, we we want to congratulate New Zealand uh, on a fantastic performance. It was a fantastic game um, to to be part of and probably fitting of a final, etc. Scrum was was part of the equation, one hundred percent, and. We'll get the answers, you know. Um, 
Andrew 100% was very frustrated with, with what was going on out there. So, um, you know, we, we don't want to be bitter losers. Um, we want to hold our head up high and, and do it the right way. Johnny, commiserations. What's your message to the supporters in the country? Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, you, you know, it's like, how can you be prouder to be Irish when you see what's happened over the last uh, six weeks, really? Like, it's uh, we get behind the team like no other. Um, it's, in, it's incredible and uh, it's not wasted on us, and that's why it's so hard to take, really, that uh, we didn't give them another couple of weekends. Um, but, like, as I said, it's, it's small margins and uh, that's sport, that's life. It's unfortunate, but we, this group will bounce back. They're, they're an incredible, incredible bunch led by the man beside me and uh, the best group I've ever been a part of, bar, like, bar none. Um, and these guys, they'll, they'll go on and achieve great things. Um, and I'll be sitting in the stand having a point like you lads. Shouting at them, that's what he'll be doing. <laughs> Yeah, you can just hear the heartbreak in both of their voices, can't you? Just the gutting, gutting night for Ireland. Um, which, yeah, lots to discuss and lots to break down in that game. We'll do that with Moss Finn at the other side of this break. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. All right, delighted uh, to be joined uh, on the line by uh, our good pal, pal Moss Finn to talk about last night's um, game. And Moss, I... Like, the only word I have for it is disappointment. I'm I'm bitterly disappointed after last night. I I couldn't agree with you more, Rory. In in all my years being involved in rugby, sixty odd, like playing, watching, coaching, commentating, it's, it was the most deflationary ending to a match I've ever seen in my entire life. The as Bernard Jackman said on the Independent this morning, that they, they died with their boots on, you know, and the. The fact that there's no more matches for us, the, the, the whole thing was so disappointing tis, because we did dare to dream and unfortunately the dream has terminated and it was very, very emotional and very, very upsetting. But uh, I suppose at the end of the game, it was only a game, but last night it appeared to be much more than that. And literally, they died. They gave everything they had and they, they died with their boots on. And the overriding feeling, Moss, is that Ireland left it behind them last night? Unquestionably, um, because... You know, one doesn't like to be critical in such great, in such circumstances where they, you know, work, 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 work their butts off. And but we made very basic mistakes, like our our lineout malfunctioned again, our scrum malfunctioned again. And when you're not getting primary possession comfortably against a team like the All Blacks, you're always on the hind foot. You you can't gift them the ball because they're just too good. You might get away with it against Scotland, England, Wales, or France even. But if you're gifting the All Blacks possession, they will harm you. They will damage you. And it's not the greatest All Blacks team of all time, but they were competent enough and capable enough to damage us when they were gifted ball. And that was the overriding theme. They got very easy scores, and we had to work really hard for our scores. And I think when it came to the 35 um, phases at the end there, we were just exhausted and couldn't penetrate. You know, so mm. that was the tenor of it. You can't give you can't give a team like New Zealand possession easily. And defensively, Moss, New Zealand were excellent last night. They really had their homework done in Ireland. They did, and but the I suppose the main thing on that, if if you're not getting ball really on the forward foot, like there's there's various ways of getting possession, but the 
where Ireland have been fantastic under Farrell in recent years is that their recycling at the breakdown is the, was the quickest in the tournament, something like three and a half seconds. But the New Zealanders won the collisions in open play. They won the breakdown, mainly because their front five were going forward and their back row was on the forward foot, whereas Caelan Doris, Peter O'Mahony, like we, we were on the hind foot, and, and Van der Fleer. When you're on the hind foot in the back row, it's very hard to win the breakdown. And... New Zealand won the breakdown. They targeted the breakdown, a, a la the input from, from Smith, I'd imagine, you know. But And when you're not winning the breakdown quickly, it means your ball is reasonably static. So it's easier for the All Blacks to defend. But boy, do they defend, you know, and as if their lives depended, depended on it. Yeah, they certainly did. And they were absolutely brilliant in that regard. But I suppose early on, Moss Ireland coughed up, um, coughed up points and it was always going to be an uphill battle, I suppose, from that point. Yeah, like the the lineup was the was 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 the Achilles heel again, like it was against South Africa, and like James Ryan wasn't picked obviously, but he was injured. He had a fracture of, of of his elbow. But the, the James Ryan that played in the Six Nations for us, if he was playing last night, we'd have had a far easier ride. Because if you really want to analyse Ireland, Henderson is a bit of a journey journeyman second row now, probably gone over his best. He's not as good as Ryan at his best, and. If you want, to, like Ty Bourne is essentially a six playing second row. Mm-hmm. So we had no real specialist ball winner at you know two, four, and six, other than like in, 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 like like Omani and Ty Bourne. But they're not really line out men. James Ryan was our go-to man, and I think he was an incalculable loss because we took a couple of penalties early on there, went to the corners and lost the line out. I mean that that is soul destroying. But I feel if Ryan was playing, we would have definitely won. But the, the the ifs like if if it's no good, you know. Yeah, but that's all we have now are the ifs. I mean, like, what if we had done things differently last night? We would have been in a, a World Cup semi final. There is that sense, Moss, that like it, this was a golden opportunity to go off and, and win a World Cup, and they've left that behind now. And that's going to be very very hard for these players, I suppose, to come back from. Absolutely. I mean, this was their time. This was our time. We'd have Argentina in the semi final next week, which essentially is a penalty kick with no goalkeeper. We would have beaten them. And so we, we we essentially were in in a World Cup final, and the that that last mall. I mean, we 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 were better than them. We should have beaten them on the night, in my opinion. And we weren't playing to our to, to our best. But that that last mall where Jordi Barrett held the ball up, like I mean, I really thought we had it then. And it was the deflation after that was 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 the sickening point, you know. And you could you could feel it with all the, the on, on the telecast, the supporters. Six and walking around, you know, we, we we did leave it after us, and th- this was our time. That's the, that's why it's so disappointing to reflect on it now, because wh- where we go from here doesn't really matter at the moment, because this was our time, this was our World Cup, and it was so very disappointing to leave it after us, given the fact that we have such great players. And I say we'd have even been better next week, you know, but such is life. But uh, you know, when when a single fella's hand under a ball over the line stops you from going into a World Cup final albeit like it's very very upsetting that was genuinely one of the most heartbreaking things I think I've ever seen in sport to be perfectly honest with you and you're right the deflation after that was just incredible incredible and what I couldn't quite understand about it was we we won the mall we were mauling fantastically towards the line but whatever happened it stopped for a second and then we had to it moved again if they had kept the initial momentum but if again as I say but like, I mean, it was a freak. Nine times out of ten, we just scored there. Like, and that's what, like, it was, 
you know, we, we grabbed defeat from the jaws of victory, really, with that decision. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was very upsetting. And when you look at such the sterling performances from various players, like, I mean, Sexton played 80 minutes at 38 years of age, and I thought he was absolutely excellent. Mm. And if you saw before we got that throw into the line out there to get that mall to win the match, Sexton picked the ball in open play and beat three men at 38 years of age in the 79th minute. I mean, you must take your hat off to him. He's been the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest servant of Irish rugby that I've ever seen. And he never shirked it in his 38 years. He tackled, he kicked, he beat men. He, he did everything and he led by example. And you could see that they had a wonderful camp there. He was the leader on the pitch. Farrell was the leader off it and... I mean, it was our moment, and our moment has gone. And all I can say is, it's going to be difficult to watch the rest of it because it's all over for us. And I really feel the sense of disappointment that they have. And my interest has waned completely. I'm not too sure I could even watch the matches today. Do you know, <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat as well. Uh, we'll go back to Johnny Sexton in a second. Just put on the match, Moss. Um, I've seen some criticism of Wayne Barnes and and some of his calls against Ireland last night, particularly around the scrum. What was your view on that? Well. Porter is a highly charged player at loose head prop and you know Alan Quinden who would be a fair operator now as a commentator he was having difficulty processing Barnes's head, head process giving, giving the penalties for the scrum but his idea was that Porter you see you can't see it on television but Porter obviously was scrummaging from kind of left to right he was burrowing as they call it mm. and he followed through when we had the scrum like if he didn't follow through and turn the scrum so much perhaps we might have got the penalties but like even Alan Quinlan, who played for years in the pack up against the loose heads backside, it was his position at six. He 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 didn't know quite what the penalties were for, but they were very very bad penalties. They were the only three I questioned Barnes. I know to be fair to him, but those three scrums generally you would the, the perception is that if your scrum is going forward, that you'll get the penalty. But in the three scrums that we had going forward, New Zealand got the penalty. So that's why. That's why Barnes' decisions were so disquieting. And they had a very big effect. Like when you when you give away penalties at scrums, you give away scrums, you're giving away lineouts. You might survive against Scotland, but you won't survive against New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um just on Sexton as well. Um, where does he rank, Moss, I suppose, in the, the list of the all time greatest Irish players? It's an incredible career, as you mentioned, thirty eight years of age and still giving it a hundred percent at eighty minutes in a World Cup quarter final. It's just a, an incredible he's been an incredible athlete and an incredible competitor for Ireland over these years. Well, in in the pantheon of rugby greats, in my opinion, he's up there at number one because of his longevity and because of his general attitude and the way he handles himself. He's just an all-wrong good egg. But And this this is the perversity of it. Like it's, it, There's not a fairy tale ending for him, and he deserved a fairy tale ending because of his service. And to me, he, he is the number one and will always be the number one until he's used up, which is unlikely. But it would have been the fairy tale ending for a fellow who I think should be the number one Irish rugby player of all time given his contribution and all that. And you must remember there was a time in his career where Leinster wouldn't sign him for, for the sake of a couple of bob and he went off to Paris and got his jaw broken and that type of thing. And they say he cried on the plane going over to, to play for, for, for Paris and he, like he, he, it wasn't all plain sailing with him. You know, he had his fair share of injuries and all that. But a wonderful talent because to me, he had everything in terms of he could kick the ball long he could place kick 90% of them all the time. 
and he had a break, which is a little bit more than other, I won't mention any other old halves, but he could make a break as well and score from 50 yards. You know, I mean, not too many pivots can do that. Like, he had everything. He had the brain, and I had I actually played with his father, would you believe, for Irish yes. schools, Jerry Sexton, was scrum half for the Irish schools team in 1975. So I know the pedigree where he came from, and it was nothing but fantastic. And I, all I can say is I wish him well in his retirement mm. and thank him for the memories, but what a cap would have been putting on his head if he had if he had lifted the, the World Cup, which I think he deserved and, and we deserve. But sport isn't like that, Rory, unfortunately. Unfortunately not. Is Jack Crowley the man to replace him long term? I would, well, from what I've seen of Jack Crowley and I've seen him a lot, I saw him at Bendon Grammar, I saw him playing full back, not out half with Cork Con. I've seen his progress. Um, I wouldn't have think he'd have been cooked enough for the World Cup th- th- this time, but to me, there could be a good ter- 10 years in Jack Crowley because he, like Sexton, he has the attitude. He's tough, the same as Sexton as he tackles. The biggest thing they're on is trying to hold him back out of the rock so that he can stand back and oversee. And I think, yes, he has the talent. And just the main thing is that he avoids injury and gets a clear run at it. Keith Earls um, also bowing out from international rugby remains to be seen if he's going to continue with Munster. But again, just a phenomenal servant for Ireland, Moss. Incredible, an innate footballer. I mean, like he's, I played against his father as well for young Munster, who was a wing forward and a man of great talent as well, I must say. But Earls, his longevity is because he was so talented. Like you, if you're talented, you don't have to be as athletic as other fellas because he can step um, off both legs. He can kick off both legs. He'd, he'd beat a player on a sixpence. And apparently from over the, you'd hear about things over the years and in training sessions, he was the only fellow who continually bunt or driscoll. And that's a fair achievement. Like if there was opposition matches and that he was clean O'Driscoll out because O'Driscoll couldn't tackle him. He was so fleet of foot. And like he, he like the guy could have been sent off forward from Man United, I'd say, without having to train. He had that much football in him and acceleration and hardness and he had everything. I mean he's and from what I read there as well, he seems to be a phenomenally popular fellow in the in the whole setup. And that that seems to be the tenor of everything under Farrell. Farrell is the most self-effacing, understated man I've ever seen. Even last night there, he was great in defeat, you know, and it is just a shame that the whole party ended, really, you know, and, you know, that the likes of, we never see the likes of Errols or Sexton again, like, that's, that's the great shame of it, you know. And where does Farrell take this Irish team now? Because it's going to be incredibly hard to pick them back up after this disappointment but they, they'll have to I suppose lick their wounds and I suppose come back and uh, it'll be a new era as well without Saxon as well so there's a, a lot of work for, for Andy Farrell ahead for that Irish team There is but I, I think it's only, it's only better he'll get you know because he's he's grounded he's he's made his home here in Ireland and that and we have like the nucleus of maybe 10 or 12 of that team will stay for a long time yet you know and the subs that come on they were good that Joe McCarthy in the second row is a fair bulk of a man and you need bulk in this world and I mean he's blooded players and he's he's very thorough and he gives people a chance and he's he's not a kind of a smooth talking flesh in the pan guy I think he's a guy who's there for the long term and I think he'll go onwards and upwards with Andy Farrell just because of the way he is and the camp he creates and the ambience and the well they said the, the, the atmosphere the whole aura around the whole thing and that he creates is is wonderful and I can't see that shrinking. We may not have the people of talent like Sexton and Errors coming through, but we may have. And four years is a long time to create that. And that's what he'll do. And so I hope I hope he stays for for, for as long as he wants to stay because I think this whole thing was built around him and he, and he's done a great job. And again, like Sexton, 
I'm sorry, it, it didn't end in the ultimate accolade. Um, have to mention as well, Moss, just before kickoff, an incredible moment when the lads stood in that, in that figure of eight, just in honour of Axel Foley. It was um, a moment that certainly brought a tear to my eye anyway. It was just an incredibly emotionally charged moment. Indeed, indeed, a, a fantastic talent, a, a wonderful fellow. And again, like Andy Farrell, a very understated individual, very popular in the dressing room like, like Keith Earls. And it was a wonderful tribute to do. I'm quite sure Farrell and, and Sexton did that, you know. But I, I, I played with Foley's father. I mean, he's, he's, the rugby is in their DNA. It was in his DNA. It was in Munster's DNA. And they, they drew on that last night, and I thought it was a wonderful tribute and very fitting. To a to a talent who cut down in his prime, like I mean, just dreadfully sad, you know. But it was I thought it was very emotional and it made a big difference to my viewer watching the match. Really, and got it got the the tears going a little bit even at the start, you know. Um, and just on New Zealand Moss, are, are they going to go on and win it now? Do you think, or will either South Africa or France be too much for them in the final, or or, or even England? I, I, well. I don't think this is the greatest New Zealand team of all time. In fact, I think it's quite an average New Zealand team. But at the end of the day, New Zealand are never bad. And New Zealand are always New Zealand. And their level of efficiency... The thing that New Zealand have more than any other team, and it didn't apply to us last night, given what I've said already, but New Zealand make very little mistakes. Mm. They don't drop the ball. They don't miss tackles. We did both last night. We missed a first-up tackle from my younger there going through. You can't miss first-up tackles against New Zealand. That's where New Zealand are strong. Even with an average New Zealand team like they are, they never they make very few mistakes. They win their own lineouts, they win their own scrums, they win the breakdown, and they don't throw they don't drop the ball passing it or and when they kick they retrieve it. So their efficiency is absolutely fantastic. I don't think they're quite as efficient as previous All Blacks teams, but they're still the All Blacks. The only way I could see them losing would be if they're out muscled by the barbaric South Africans, as I call them. They could be beaten up. That's the only way I could see them losing. And the other thing I would... If, if DuPont is fit and playing well for France, it could be a titanic struggle and France could shade it. But if DuPont isn't what he is, he isn't fit with his facial injury, I think Wales... I think New Zealand will beat them. So I could see them winning the World Cup, but not as easily as other All Blacks teams won it in the past. All right, Moss, we'll leave it there. Uh, a pleasure as always, sir, and thanks for joining us today on the Big Red Bench. You're very welcome, Rory. Thank you, Moss. Always a pleasure. Um, you just again hear the disappointment in Moss's voice. That's all we can say. We're disappointed. Bitterly, bitterly disappointed is uh, the only thing we can say, basically. All right, we are um, going to talk MMA now, and uh, Cork's John Mitchell has set his sights on a big, big title. And a $100,000 prize as well. He fights in the Professional Fighters League in Dublin at the start of December um, in what is going to be a huge, huge fight for him. Fighting under Cork MMA, but he's based in Dubai and uh, he's also uh, training in Thailand. And that's where I caught up with him. I got, got him on the, the Skype. Uh, and uh, he was in Thailand and uh, we had a good chat about his career and about his upcoming bout. So this is my chat with uh, John Mitchell. All right, delighted to be joined on the line now by our old pal, Mr. John Mitchell, who we haven't spoken to in a while, John. We were trying to figure out there when was the last time we spoke to each other. Yeah, it's been a while. It was when I uh, fought on the, made my pro debut on Cage Warriors and we've made good progress since, so happy days. You certainly have. Just take me back to that Cage Warriors night. Your performance that night was electric. It, it tore the roof off the place. Yeah, you know, and I, I really feel my best performance has always been when I'm fighting in front of... Uh, 
the home crowd. And now uh, everything's elevated again because I'm, I'm, I'm three arena and I, there's all four corners of the world coming to see me fight this time. <laughs> what is it about that, I suppose, that, that hometown crowd, I suppose, that inspires you? It, it, it's a massive motivation about, about why I'm doing it. Like, say, for example, I really feel that uh, I'm leading the way in, in MMA in, in Munster and Cork, you know, and uh, really making a good ground for everyone else to follow behind me. So the fact that now I can have my head coach Aaron Maguire in my corner again for a, a title fight in a big league uh, in front of all the MMA court guys I know I can really inspire a lot of people um, How important is it to have Aaron in your corner for this fight because I mean like he's a guy you came up but he's a guy I suppose you trust just implicitly it, Yeah it, it completely you know I, I wouldn't be uh, where I am without Aaron I wouldn't even be doing the sport to be honest like uh, there's no man that's been more uh, important to, to my career and my life than him you know so the fact that I'm going to win that title with him is everything to me uh, Just take me back I suppose to the start you were um, a competitive roar John you were a very good roar weren't you? Back in the day yeah, yeah. back in the day I was in a Lee Rowing club and you know uh, that strength is something like I've, I always ragged all my opponents and really I, I think it must a lot to do with the rowing back in the day and that cardio, I suppose, has given you must give you an extra advantage, I guess. One hundred percent. Even my last fight, you know, was uh, I don't know if you saw like the uh, venue was like twenty thousand people. It was crazy, and it was a really intense fight. And I cardio for days. I could have done uh, two more rounds, which is important because this next round, this next fight is five times five minutes. So, how did you start dipping your toe into MMA then? So. Uh, I always kind of have an inclination towards fighting. I knew I always wanted to do it, but I always set quite high standards for myself. So when I was rowing, I got back from the World Championships. Uh, I knew it was either really pursue rowing or else if I wanted to get to an elite level in fighting, then uh, the, the switch had to be now. I made the switch. I met Aaron Maguire and uh, I never looked back. I just started training in like combat sports as hard as I was training in rowing. And then it just, uh, just fight after fight after fight. And, and now I'm in a good position. And when you see the lads from Skid yeah. winning um, Olympic medals, is there a party things that could have been me? No, 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 no. Do you know what? Like, uh, I, I was meant to fight lads, to be honest. And uh, But his coach, Paul O'Donovan's coach, Teddy, and his dad, he was my coach back in the day. That's <laughs> <laughs> a small world, isn't it? it, it when I was on the Irish team, you know, he was yeah. coaching me, yeah. yeah it certainly is. Um, so you obviously, like... MMA got its claws into very, very early. So I mean, like, and it, it obviously hooked you. And what was it about MMA that kept you coming back for each every session? It's the uh, it's the challenge in the sport. You know, like I've had uh, this is my twenty fourth MMA fight, and MMA is so different to other sports because uh, you know no one's good at everything. You kind of have to be a jack at all trades. And what I love about the sport is. Um, you can look at what you're really good at and what they're really good at and it's really like a game for me like putting in my strengths versus their weaknesses and figuring out the best way to beat them for example this is my uh, fifth fight in 12 months and each fight I've like fought completely differently for example I knocked out my first two guys I fought and the next uh, two fights I wrestled so you know I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at making a plan and executing it and that's one thing I really love about MMA Yeah five fights in a year you're obviously keeping yourself very very busy indeed is that something you prefer I suppose fighting every couple of months as opposed to just training and, and kind of waiting for the next one Yeah 100% you know I'm a competitor like uh, I just love to compete I love being in there and I love to fight so it, it's it's a dream for me and as well like you know you rack up all these wins you, you get paid better and then you're able to live like uh, full time fighting happily you know Yeah you're over in Dubai now is it? Yeah, so I live in Dubai, but I'm in Thailand for my camp right now. Yeah, so I, how advantages how advantageous is it, I suppose, to, to be able to go to Thailand for a camp like this and just hone every skill that you have? 
it's unreal, you know, like I'm sparring and training with the best guys in the world here and, and doing better than holding my own. So I can really see that I can take this all the way to the top. And uh, right outside on your doorstep, you got these like elite level training partners and everyone's here to work. Everyone here is a career fighter. So it definitely puts you a step ahead. Certainly does. Yeah. And Thailand, I suppose, is no better place in the world to, to hone your striking than Thailand. Yeah, you'd be surprised, you know, like uh, the striking here is obviously next level. And my next fight, you're going to see a lot of boxing. But uh, the gym, uh, Bang Tao, there's like a wrestling coaches are here. So like my last two fights, I wrestled really heavy because of the coaches here. So it's such a mix now. The place has uh, grown so much and developed. Yeah, I would have said that, all right, yeah. But like when I saw you fight, I would have said, this guy's striking is going to light up the place. But like you've obviously become a more rounded fighter since then. Yeah, like I was saying, you know, uh, I just do what they're what they're bad at. Like I, I can fight everywhere. Like you've seen me in cage wires. It looked like I was afraid of the ground, and I was only wanted the box. <laughs> My last two fights looked like I only could wrestle. And this next fight, I'm going to mix it all together. You know, so you never know what I'm going to do. And I think that's part of being like an intelligent fighter and I think that's my uh, strong point Yeah so do you look at your like opponents like fights then to, to find out their weaknesses or is it just your confidence in your own abilities that you, you don't look at your opponent so much Oh no I look at them I look at them like uh, I take an analytical approach to it you know so when I was doing my masters uh, you know you'd look at the upcoming test you'd study everything there is to do and then you take the test and I put that exact same approach when I fight I look at the opponents I take all like the ego out of it, uh, see where I can beat them, and then usually, usually I've, I've been beating them quite handily. So yeah, that's what I do. What did you do your masters in, John? Uh, sports and exercise management. Yeah, so it's obviously like you've obviously continued your, your education throughout this whole process. It must be great just to have that, I suppose, in the background as well, I guess. Yeah, and you know it, it comes around because, uh, like, obviously I'm, I'm a full time fighter, but you also have different avenues and different businesses that you can do when you're working in Dubai for example like recently I was consulting on a fight on a fight night event and uh, then the Masters comes back in again they're all linked to each other yeah it certainly is um, tell us um, your last two fights were against the same opponent um, and you beat twice must have been a strange situation facing a guy back to back was it oh man 100% and you know uh, like the media is heavy in these big league organizations. So we I must have done like six face offs with, with that French lad. And even for the last face off I was we couldn't even take it serious anymore. I was like, I've never stared into another man's eyes more in my life. Like my girlfriend would be lucky if I stared into her eyes that much, not to mind this lad. So all we could do was laugh and uh, as well he he didn't speak any English and I spoke absolutely no French. So yeah. like we never anything to say to each other. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. After you beat him the first time, I'd imagine there's kind of a, a bit of a smirk though in the, in the, the face offs the second time, is there? Oh no bro, the second time he was coming to kill me. <laughs> you know, like uh, like he's like a big French champion and like all these accolades and uh like when I was walking out I was getting escorted by security because the French crowd are passionate you know they were like trying to get to me so man he was like uh, like I'm lucky I don't speak French because he was swearing at me a lot in French it was only after the fight they told me what he was saying but I was like indifferent to it at the time I assume as a cork when you called him a langer a few times did you? Ah sure he knew he was a langer he knew he was a langer after I beat him twice (laughs) Were you happy with your performances in those fights? The first fight no uh there was a couple of issues in the camp but uh, I kind of had to grind out to win the second fight I was like very happy with my performance because I dominated like a very high level lad and also kind of put my last performance to bed so I was like I was I was happy all week after it to be honest like so uh, but this next one's the best one because stylistically I think this next fight suits me a lot more yeah tell us talk about this uh, fight against uh, Jakob uh, Kazuba I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly he's got a decent record he's got some good wins this will be a big test <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, uh, he's got he's got a good record. He's ten and zero. He's undefeated. Everyone at this level is very good. It's going to be a good fight. But I just feel I always took very very hard fights in my career. You know, even as an amateur. So I'm, I'm more than ready for this guy, and especially with the preparation I'm doing. That I, you know, I, I really haven't been te- like like the last guy was supposed to be my hardest fight. It was probably one of my easiest fights. So I think I really think I can uh, shock a lot of people here now and really outclass Jacob. Yeah, so what are his strengths as a fighter? I suppose more importantly, what weaknesses have you seen that you can exploit? So with Jacob, uh, he's quite stiff. He kind of stays in the same position. He doesn't have any like massive weakness, but he doesn't really have any massive strength, if you get me. So I actually just believe if I'm switched on and in the right position for the fight, I can beat him everywhere, anywhere the fight goes. Fantastic. And home crowd advantage, we touched on it at the start of this piece, John, but it's going to be a, a massive advantage when you walk into the three arena with the, the tricolour draped around you and all those Irish fans screaming for you. 100%, man. And you know what? Like uh, like you saw when I fought, like, it's like I can run twice as fast and jump twice as high if I know my old lad is watching in the front row. So fucking, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be good. Yeah, I'd imagine half a cork is going to be coming up to Dublin for that fight, isn't it? Honestly, now I actually haven't talked to anyone that I don't know that isn't going. You know what I mean? It's like everyone's aunties even going. There's buses coming, so uh, it's it's going to be huge. You know, like I'm, I was the biggest ticket seller in Cage Royals Park, and it's much bigger now again. So I, I generally believe I'll be the biggest ticket seller on this show as well. Talk to me a bit about the, the PFL, John, and how you 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 ended up fighting for them. So you know, like I've always listened to the guys that are a bit ahead of me in this career, like and. Uh, you know, obviously UFC was something I was considering for a while, but then uh, I got the contract from PFL. Like you know, one thing PFL really looks after you; they pay you really well per fight. So then you can live full time as a fighter. And you, by the time you get to the final, you've nearly made like the the fight person are going to give you or half that anyway. So uh, it just seemed like the best one to go down. You know what I mean? And I'm really happy I did make that decision because they're really making a push for me with their media and advertising and and paying well. So it's a uh, and I really also like the atmosphere there. You know, sometimes when you fight on a show, you kind of feel like you're more just cattle getting ready to go yeah. do a job. But uh, here, you, it's very inclusive. Fantastic stuff. There's a lot of money riding on this fight as well, Jan. Is that a, a massive motivating factor for you at this stage? Jeez, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, hundred grand. Can't say I'd be... Uh, that's not a motivation. You know what I mean? I, I can uh, change a lot of things with that. So, yeah, it's good. But like I was saying... Uh, that's not the main motivation you know what I mean yeah exactly yeah. Um, we're two months out from the fight now at this point uh, are you going to be based in Thailand right up until the, the, the fight week or how does it work I think uh, the media is going to be quite heavy for this fight so I'm going to stay in Thailand for about six weeks or four, four to six weeks go back to Dubai for a week and then go to Ireland for uh, the week for the fight yeah you'll need time to acclimatise I suppose get back on the, the, the right time schedule and stuff like that I guess <laughs> Yeah, that's it as well. And I haven't been in Ireland in about like over a year and a half. And like my sister had a baby, so I want to meet my nephew the week before the fight as well. So it'll be good. That'd be absolutely incredible. That's going to be some week for you, kid, winning this fight, meeting your nephew. Oh, that's going to be incredible. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah, it'd be fast. I can't wait. Um, without looking too far ahead, John, I mean, like you've obviously visualised your career in depth and you, and you know exactly where you are going to go. How far can you go in this sport? All the way to the top, and it sounds like a cliche uh, thing to say, but like I've inspired the guys all the way at the top, and I've many justifications to believe that I can be there too. Uh, and I'll start by bringing like the first ever major league MMA promotion title back to Cork, and then uh, after that, I'll, I'll go win the world title in this organization. And 
you know that 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 should happen over the next four years. There's no reason why not. Like when I was an amateur, I brought every amateur title back to Cork. So just do it on the professional scene now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, John, pleasure talking to you, buddy. I've no doubt you're going to win this fight. Cannot wait to see you perform on uh, December eighth. Pleasure talking to you, buddy. And let's not leave it another four years before we talk again. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks very much. Yeah, you got to love that kid's confidence and uh, really looking forward to seeing John Mitchell perform in Dublin on uh, December 8th uh, in that PFL. But a huge, huge fight for him. All right, thanks uh, very much for listening to us on the Big Red Bench this evening. Um, if you missed any of the show or yesterday's show, in fact, you can get it on our podcast. It'll be available on redfm.ie very, very shortly indeed. And uh, you can get it from wherever you download your podcasts as well. We're back next Saturday, 6 to 7. Follow us uh, on Twitter at Big Red Bench and on Facebook and on Instagram as well. Three hours of the very best in Irish music coming your way with Mags Blackburn. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, folks. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Corks Red FM.